go. There we go. Okay, so this uh, recording's for the podcast people, especially Davis down in the springs there. So today we're going to talk about uh, virtue of fortitude. Uh, and just to kind of step back again, uh, the virtue, uh, just as a definition. So virtue is a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. Um, so that's an action by where we're always leaning towards choosing doing the right thing over doing the wrong thing, and it comes kind of more naturally. It tends to be more a habit. Obviously, as we know, we don't always do the good thing that we want to do, and we regret. So we're always having to work on our uh, virtuous life. Um, and fortitude is an important virtue. We know it's one of the four cardinal virtues, uh, including uh, justice, temperance, and prudence. Uh, and the the Greeks, the Greek word uh, for uh, fortitude actually comes from the word manliness. Um, so this idea of strength. Uh, but their particular idea about strength kind of focused mainly on aspects of war and bravery in that sense. So Aristotle said that the, the main object of fortitude is the conquest of bodily fear before the face of death. And fortitude is the virtue of the man who, being confronted with a noble occasion of encountering the danger of death, meets it fearlessly. Uh, well, I mean, in our day and age, we're not count- encountering uh, constantly uh, danger of death in every moment and having to choose to do the, uh, the right thing or being strong in the face of, uh, of death. Uh, so uh, Thomas Aquinas actually expands the idea of what fortitude or courage is. He says the principal act of courage is to endure and withstand dangers doggedly rather than attack them. So instead of a focus on attacking uh, something in the face of death, now we're going to endure evil or difficulties uh, in the in the face of uh, dangers, whether that's bodily harm or something else. Um, and he goes on to say that uh, fortitude actually is a, a chief virtue in actually living a, a virtuous life, even though it might not be the highest virtue in uh, St. Thomas's mind. He actually says that vir- uh, virtue in general must act with that firmness which fortitude bestows. So, uh, Going back to our definition of virtue, we remember it's a habitual and firm disposition. So fortitude actually gives us the strength to carry out those those other uh, virtues uh, that we want to be, you know, like temperance and, and justice and prudence and charity and, and love and, and faith. Uh, we need to have fortitude in all these endeavors to kind of continuously ch- carry those out and have it in a, a habitual habit. Uh, and it kind of reminds us back in Hebrews... 12, uh, um, when the author of Hebrews is talking about uh, life kind of like a race, um, and so going to that, I'll just kind of quote it real quickly here, so um, he says uh, at the beginning of chapter 12 in Hebrews, therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us rid ourselves of every burden and sin that clings to us and preserve in running that race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the leader and perfecter of our faith. So, uh, that, and then he goes on to say, for the sake of joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame and has taken a seat at the right hand of God. So the idea that life is kind of like a race, even St. Paul uses this illusion of life being a race and, um, you know, 
having to kind of endure difficulties and struggles in the face of sin uh, or dangers or temptations uh, to kind of live out the virtuous life. Um, and so, um, uh, how can, uh, how, do, how do we kind of modernly define fortitude? We kind of look at it as a firmness and constancy in the pursuit after good. And it really should be for a noble pursuit, okay? You know, we, we don't want to endure in constancy of error. You know, like, I, I keep on over-drinking and getting drunk and smashed and driving my car crazily, you know, and I keep this up, you know. So it has to be a noble pursuit. Um, and the other thing is, is, is that um, fortitude has to be balanced, okay? So it's not going off crazily, in the pursuit of some good, you know, it's not like one man running out against an army of a hundred and saying, ah, and yelling and screaming with a sword, and I'm going to try to kill these hundred people, and obviously, you know, that's probably not going to happen, you're going to die. Okay, that, fortitude, you can't just be enduring or risking yourself for any pursuit, it, you can't have like an indifference to life, okay, including your own life, okay, um, unless you're sacrificing your life and you're going to achieve some good okay so you shouldn't just be like i'm going to do this crazily knowing that it will probably not result in anything good okay so doing that doesn't make sense and so um you know the other virtues do help support our our sense of fortitude like prudence supports understanding what the true good is justice giving what's due to our neighbor and god uh and patience which uh actually plays a very strong role in uh in in fortitude uh and jesus himself says you know by your perseverance you will secure your lives but they also use the word patience uh in that quote uh or you will secure your soul so patience is kind of the virtue of the soul um uh, and augustine actually talks about a man's patience is whereby he uh whereby he bears evil with an equal mind. So patience is kind of, in a sense, part of fortitude. Okay, um, and I'm going to talk about a, a story from Mark's Gospel that I think uh, kind of drives home the idea of fortitude well, um, in the sense of a difficulty, and maybe not something we always think about with fortitude. So uh, we actually will go to the uh, story of Bartimaeus. Um, so he's the the blind individual that you guys might remember about. So. The, um, uh, Mark uh, chapter. Uh, well, he, he's he's the he's the guy who is calling out to Jesus. So I'm actually going to read the story to you, so you'll hear it. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to guess. I was leading, a little lead in there for you, but anyway. So this is the story. So uh, Mark 10:46 is where it starts. So it says they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a sizable crowd. Bartimaeus, a blind man, the son of Timaeus, sat by the roadside begging. And on hearing uh, that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he kept on calling out all the more, saying, Son of David, have pity on me. So Jesus stopped and said, Call him. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, get up, he is calling you. He threw aside his cloak, sprang up, and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him in reply, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man replied to him, Master, I want to see. And Jesus told him, Go your way. Your faith has saved you. And immediately he received his sight and followed him on the way. 
Um, and so I think, you know, from the sense of that story, maybe you kind of capture that idea of, of fortitude. So you have Bartimaeus, and he only hears about Jesus being there. He doesn't even, it doesn't mention him saying he heard Jesus right next to him or Jesus was there. He heard that Jesus was present. That's all he knows. And he, with great faith, just starts yelling and shouting and calling out. And that probably sounds pretty ridiculous. This blind guy who, if you remember at that time, if you had some type of physical ailment, everyone thought it was because you sinned or your parents sinned. You, you, know, you remember the story of the other blind son who, uh, you know, was healed and, uh, and they were questioning who was at fault for his blindness. And Jesus ultimately says that actually it's for the glory of God. But... You know, people still kind of thought this thing. So he was probably a little bit of an outcasted community, hence why he also was poor and had to beg. So you have the him calling out, and then people rebuke him and say, hey, stop that. You're ridiculous, okay? You're already a, a terrible person that we unfortunately have in our community. You're a bad guy, whatever. You need to shut up and be quiet, okay? But we see that he doesn't give up. He says, in the face of difficulty, he actually started, it says, calling out all the more. He started getting louder. And in their eyes, probably even crazier, right? Uh, calling out to, to Jesus. And, um, you know, you hear Jesus say, calling over him. And so, they, he doesn't hear Jesus saying, come over here. Jesus relays this to these people who are doubting him. And then the people are doubting him saying, tell him, get up. So now that his, quote, enemies or the people who are discouraging him are now telling him get up and go see Jesus. So he has to already have a lot of faith to now already get up and start going over here. Who knows? They could have been fooling him and saying, yeah, come over here. And then someone pretend to be Jesus. And, you know, so he doesn't even know this. Uh, so he's acting on a lot of faith here, coming over to uh, who he thinks is Jesus. And, uh, you know... Uh, Jesus says, you know, take courage, get up, uh, you know, Jesus says, you know, what do you want to do for me? And he wants to see, and he says, um, okay, no problem, see you later, Joe. So he has to have this strong faith, and it's actually that faith that Jesus says saves him, you know, that restores his sight. Um, and then he goes along the way. Um, and I think, uh, you know, part of that, um, that, that fortitude that, you know, Bartimaeus was showing, um, it's, it's kind of interesting because when we encounter in our own life difficulties and maybe people we go up against who we have to endure or struggles, right, um, we sometimes lose hope, right? We're like, okay, these people are against us, you know, you know uh, maybe, maybe it's, it's someone who's higher up who has greater status than me. Uh, and and we see those people in our way and we're like, oh, this is impossible. This will never happen. Well, what happened? Jesus used those difficult people to help his healing. Without those people who are doubting him or saying, be quiet, telling him to get up and come over there, you know, he wouldn't have gotten to Jesus and gotten the healing, right? So sometimes when we face difficulties or, or difficult individuals or struggles and we sometimes want to lose hope sometimes actually God is using those difficult people or struggles actually to help us to, to help be the path okay 
Jesus could have easily just walked over to this guy and pushed aside the crowd and walked over to him and not used those people. But he actually used these people who are causing difficulty and struggles for him to help him come to his healing and um, help him to gain strength, to call out even more, to have even greater faith. Uh, and sometimes that's what God is, is putting us through this, you know, this type of test for. And it's not because, you know, Jesus or God wants to be mean necessarily, but Jesus and God, you know, Jesus wants us to grow in that understanding, that endurance, so that we have the real faith that helps us to grow where we need to go. Uh, and so sometimes we have to learn from that. And patience and generosity are important aspects of fortitude. So just a, a moment on patience. Um, and um, Aquinas and Augustine kind of talk about patience more of not becoming sorrowful or going to inordinate despair, which, you know, Bartimaeus could have gone to that inordinate despair and become sorrowful and like, oh, Jesus is never going to come to me. I should just give up and I'm not going to be healed. Okay. The other thing, though, I think about patience, when we lose patience, though, the aspect I think about more of is actually uh, us becoming anger you know angry and more bitter you know someone cut us off while we're driving or you know uh my food didn't come as fast as i was hoping or something like that you know um we 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 tend to actually when we're impatient get angry very easily about things when they don't go our way uh and that can come out in how we deal with people we can be very short with people uh we can be not as helpful with the individuals or others because we're annoyed with them because we didn't get what we wanted in a certain time or a certain way. Um, and so I think the, the biggest difficulty in us practicing patience isn't the fact that we're probably going to go to despair um, as much as we tend to get easily angry and annoyed. Uh, and that shows up in how we treat people that, you know, we don't like someone. Yeah, and like the medical world, right? Yeah. You see it's, it all the time. People are just getting angry. Yeah. are like, but the patient is here. This is the whole reason we're here. Yeah, we, we get we get angry, annoyed with people, we get flustered, you're in the surgery or something, maybe not you, Kenny, but, you know, you didn't give me the right tool, I'm really mad, and you're throwing things, and you're yeah. ticked off, and everything just goes goes to heck after that, when, when we lose our patience. Like, we just see everything as bad, and we're annoyed, right? Um, but you're going to see a lot, my wife's a pharmacist, so the annoyed, frustrated patient where's my medication why can't you just give me my medication then the doctor called in oh they called it wrong and you have to get it fixed but only the doctor why can't you just do this for me and so you see a lot of people just impatient just demanding wanting things right away and we can lose our patience with that too then you just have two impatient people or annoyed people and you're just yelling at each other and nothing productive happens and then we lose our peace right when we get angry we don't have that sense of calmness and wellness that uh, helps keep us stable Okay, and so I think patience is an important um, aspect of fortitude. Uh, obviously, the other thing is um, is generosity. Okay, um, why are we being enduring something? It's for a good. Okay, and so we have to always have that in mind. How am I helping people? And, and that goes hand in hand. Sometimes being patient with an individual allows us to be more generous. Even though I'm annoyed with this individual and I'm really mad, I really don't want to make an extra effort to call the doctor again to try to get the medication so they can get their meds. I'm going to do it because I just want, you know, to show them love in the face of them not being nice to me, okay, right? And, and that's a lot of times what we have to practice is 
showing love and generosity when it's not easy, when we're not going to get any reward. The person's probably not going to say, oh, I'm so sorry. I realized I treated you like I was a jerk and I was impatient and rude and I'm so grateful for what you did. They'll probably just snap the thing and walk away and never say anything nice. So, you know, learning to be generous in those difficult moments. And that's what fortitude helps us to do. It helps us to endure those frustrations, those times we want to lose our patience. Um, and so how do we kind of grow in fortitude? You know, I talked about all these great ideas, right? But, you know, this, this great idea of living of, you know, fortitude. Um, but how do we practice everyday life? And sure, we can, you know, it's good to read uh, about you know, holy people or amazing people or read the Bible and stuff like that or you can read books about virtue, right? Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to be able to practice in day-to-day life. And so we have to learn the moments that we can grow in, in those areas. And sometimes it's even just examining the end of the day and just focusing on that virtue. So, you know, how was I did I show fortitude today, right? And just thinking about your day-to-day things. And a lot of things, it's just small things that came up, you know? Like, maybe you got ridiculed by someone, you know? Did I lose my cool? Maybe someone was correcting me, but being, you know, kind of condescending about it, right? You know, they could have been nice, but they said, you're a real idiot, why didn't you think of this? You should have counseled them on this medication, or you messed up on, on this part of the research, and, you know, really condescending. And... Um, it's really easy to want to snap back at those people, right? You just want to like, you know what, you did this wrong, you know. And sometimes, you know, uh, enduring through that instead of yelling back is some this response we have to take. Sometimes justice does demand we kind of talk back at people and say, okay, I need to put you in your place, okay, because you're really wrong. But sometimes it's better just to endure the, the ridicule rather than commenting back or backbiting because um, maybe it's coming from the right place ultimately even if it's not the best way given okay um, so there's times like that or setbacks in our work you know uh, you're doing research and the whole experiment was a complete failure it didn't show what you were hoping and you just felt like you spent a whole month and it turned out to be nothing and you're like why do I even want to do research anymore this sucks I don't get what I want uh, and so being able to pick up yourself after those times, right? Or, um, you know, the other times are, um, you know, when we fall into our uh, types of failures or sins that we kind of do on a regular basis. And sometimes we just want to give up, like, I'm always failing in this area, God. And why can I not be, you know, why can I not be, you know, patient with people or, uh, you know, not flip people the finger while I'm driving and I'm ticked off at them and getting really mad and you know all these all these times you just tend to kind of fall into the same things that we regret later on and so being patient with ourselves and trying to continue to work in those areas of our life that we want to be better um, and aspire to be better but not give up or think God hates us and we're never going to be a good person right um, and then the other thing is also with other people that do the wrong thing you know um, Sam Bernard had a great quote about not trying to judge people in your heart, you know, uh, and I can't re-quote it off the top of my head, but basically he said, you know, sometimes, you know, people might not know, it might be a lack of knowledge they do the wrong thing, um, 
but let's say they know they're doing the wrong thing. Maybe they didn't have a good upbringing or they weren't taught about something well or something. And so instead of uh, us walking around and looking like at people like, oh, that, that person was, uh, you know, uh, drove drunk or something. He's such an evil person and looking down at individuals. And that's kind of how we see in the media and politics today. It's like every moment it's like this person did this. We should hate them forever and, I know, and yeah. never, never like them again. And right. they're terrible people. And their life, <laughs> you know. Uh, and sometimes fortitude is uh, enduring and showing love and patience with other people's failings. You know, uh, you know, if if or when you get married, you know, sometimes there's there's things with your spouse that aren't perfect. You know, maybe they like dropping the f bomb around your kids or something. I don't know or. <laughs> You know, uh, or, uh, you know, or uh, whatever. I don't know. It doesn't put the cap back on the toothpaste or something, or what? Some whatever those things are. Yeah, you kind of have to endure, which we could just get annoyed with and uh, destroy our relationship because we're just so focused on the failings instead of the good things. Um, and sometimes, you know, fortitude is an opportunity to practice in those areas. And so. Really, fortitude is a battle with evil in our everyday lives. You know, it's it, you know, it's it's not like you know, once in a while I have to become strong and courageous. I mean, we have to come strong and courageous in little things in our lives to kind of you know live that way uh, every day. Um, and I think the other thing we have to remember is we have to embrace that you know we have our weaknesses, our foibles, uh, and sometimes that can lead us in two different directions one could be the sense of perfectionism which your father justin talked a lot about where we're just like analyzing everything of it should have been this way and it didn't work out this way and i'm really mad and we're over analyzing um or we can go to the reverse end which is i'll just never like i said i'll never be good uh i don't have to work on anything it doesn't matter you know who cares about that i make these mistakes or failings or you know hurt people in these ways um but the importance of becoming strong is recognizing the weakness. So, like uh, Paul said in, in um, I forget, I think it was the letter of Corinthians, uh, where he talks about you know his weakness and boasting about his weakness, and then realizing when I'm weak, that's when I'm strong. And so that idea of uh, having uh, strength through Christ, okay? Because we know that we have to have the nature, the desire to be good, which is there, and to practice fortitude. But ultimately, we need grace to grow on that. So grace perfects nature and brings us to where we ultimately want to be. So we can't do it alone. Okay? All right. So it's easy as that. You just surrender and Jesus do it, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you have to say yes. There isn't a... You don't... You don't there isn't a Jesus takes over and you're, you're kind of like co-pilots, Okay. You have your hands still on the wheel, but uh, the Holy Spirit's next door with his hands. And if you sw- flip the switch to let the Holy Spirit move that with you, then you can feel the change in the wheel direction, and you can move as you feel the wheel move, right? So th- there's no you sit back and put your hands up in the air and, and someone else is driving. Tesla autopilot. Yeah, the, yeah, there's no autopilot mode, okay, in life. Uh, you have to have your hands on the wheel because... God's not going to take over and do everything for you. You know, Augustine said, the God who made you without you is not going to save you without you. So, um, you know, God, Jesus doesn't redeem you outside of you. He redeems you in you. 
it's his life in you that redeems you not like you looking at a cross and be like there's Jesus there's rays coming out of him I'm saved I'm such a great person now I didn't have to do anything you know right it just doesn't work that way okay all right so Jesus couldn't heal people who didn't believe okay remember the people who lacked faith were not healed okay you got to trust God hit the flip flip the switch so that the co-pilot next to you the Holy Spirit can start helping you move the wheel but you got to be the one with the hands on the wheel still move it right so that's living the virtuous life but recognizing I'm weak and I got to flip the switch and let the co-pilot next to me who knows where we're supposed to be going help guide me and drive me and listen you know um, it was interesting uh, St. Therese of Lisieux I don't know if you know St. Therese okay so she was a Carmelite nun uh in France in, France, in the late like yeah eight, late 1800s okay um, and she had this thing called the little way where she talked about living a childlike life and trusting in God completely um, she was and, a mystic hardcore kind, kind of mystic but really? not okay. she didn't have a lot of mystical visions she had very uh, few like high ex, these high experiences uh, of, she had a lot more spiritual dryness so um, she actually didn't get as much. She didn't. She said she didn't learn as much during her meditation and prayer. She actually learned more just during her day-to-day life, like what was going on around her and thinking about what what God needs me to do and what can I be doing in this moment and enduring. You know, because when you're living with a bunch of other like women, things rub. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not like perfect. You know, everyone's kumbaya. Okay. So she had to do a lot of you know, learning in the moments of difficulties um, besides the fact that she had tuberculosis which no one knew that oh, she yeah. had tuberculosis and she was Dying really sick early, and, right? yeah so <laughs> so she had a lot of things she had to endure her mom died when she was really young and then her dad who she was really close to died and he had like Alzheimer's or something for a number of years so that was difficult for her and, you know so she had her own little difficulties besides her own illness that she had to experience. But yeah, a lot of her learning in her life was just the day-to-day small things. So, you know. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right. Hope hope you were able to understand that podcast, people. And if you weren't, uh, let me know. Maybe I can wear an earpiece or something with a microphone and we can get it to work for you next time.